Thanks for joining us today on the Revolution Church Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at therevolutionchurch.com. Our prayer for you is that you would discover God's unchanging love and see what He can do through you. Today, let's jump into our special standalone message, Protected. Just a little annoyed hitting every single red light, but still just enjoying my day. And so now I'm behind a really slow car. And, you know, you don't want to put an Italian behind a slow car. Come on. So I'm behind this slow car. And I'm just, okay, I'm I'm managing my annoyance, you know, like you've never been annoyed before with another, okay? So help me somebody, all right? So, all right, so, and I'm just driving along. And in this place, and then to my left, you know, Eight Mile Road's got that big median. And to my left, I can see something in the air, like a projectile. I'm like, hmm, what's that all about? And I'm relaxed, I'm calm. I see this projectile in the air, and as it's getting closer and closer, it is a car that is airborne. It has jumped the median, and it is in the air, like you would see in Dukes of Hazards. Come on. And so, I'm dating myself right there. All right, so, I'm seeing this car airborne, and it's coming right at me. And so I can't go anyplace. There's a car in front of me. My hands are in the steering wheel. I'm like, hmm, well, the Lord has his angels charge over me. And I'm watching this car and literally fly over me and right by, it lands right behind me, five feet behind my car. Sparks flying, everything. I'm just like, if you didn't see this, you wouldn't believe it, okay? And then I realized it was a high uh, speed chase and police were chasing this car and this guy thought he'd get away and so I thought this for a second I thought for a second all my annoyance all my being irritated with the stoplights all my annoyance with that slow car and had my timing been off just a split second that car would end ended up right in my hood are you guys with me somebody shout protected, protected. I believe God protected me that day I believe God protected me that day in the middle of my annoyance, in the middle of my being fleshly, in the middle of my being human. God protected me, and I believe God is still protecting people today. So I'm playing in a playscape, one of these big commercial ones with my children, and they were just little. And we were in this little, this this area. It It was 10 feet tall, and it was like the center of the playscape area. And we were playing keep away and just screwing around, having the time of our life. It was me and all three of them. Andrea was the smallest, and, and she was the easiest to, to just, you know, she would lunge at you, and all you had to do is move to the side, and she'd miss you, and it was, we were having fun. And so I, I wasn't aware of, of my surroundings, and so we're 10 feet up in the air, and, and Andrea is trying to grab me. She's lunging for me, and I keep moving away. Well, on this one particular lunge, because I didn't realize my surroundings, I didn't realize that behind me was the opening, okay? And so when Drea lunged for me, okay, she lunged right through the opening like Superman, okay? Ten feet in the air. Now, she's probably three years old. And, all, and now, now, there are these ladder things that connected to the next play area, okay? And so the idea is you can walk on these ladder things to get to the next play area, okay? And so Andrea is airborne, and she's hitting these, these ladder thingies, and she's bouncing off of them like a pinball. And I'm watching my kid, and all I could do is say, no complication will come of this. And I literally watched Andrea just bounce off of each ladder, boom, 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 and she landed straight on her feet. And she's crying, she's in tears, because she didn't know what just happened to her. I know what happened to her. Somebody shout, protected. And I believe God is still protecting people today. Do you believe that? The desire for a bagel. Yes, somebody say bagel. The desire for a bagel came upon somebody supernaturally and in a way that he couldn't get it out of his mind, left his office, went downstairs, crossed the street to the bagel shop, got his bagel, buttered it up, did whatever he did with it, and he was enjoying his bagel. And while he's enjoying his bagel, this is a Christian man I'm talking about, he looks behind him and he sees an airplane land into one of the Twin Towers. A bagel. Somebody shout, protected. 
I believe God is still protecting people today. Do you believe it today? I said, do you believe it today? All right, so I want to talk about this today because I just believe that, that God has supernatural protection for his church. God has supernatural protection for you and I, especially in the day in which we live. All right, now, not everything goes perfectly well. Not everything goes hunky-dory because I understand, while there, listen, there were hundreds of testimonies of people who avoided being on site, 9-11, there at the Twin Towers. We also know there were 3,000 people that died that day. I get that. And so we don't want to focus, we don't want to make light the fact that 3,000 people died that day, but here's what I want to do. I want to believe that there's a force out there that we can believe for that we can tap into that will help us be protected in situations like that. And I believe you're here today because you want the same thing. Somebody needs to say amen. amen. All right, so I believe that. So when it comes to 911, okay, what, what comes to your mind outside of the Twin Towers? What comes to your mind? 911. Emergency, right? How many of you have called the doctor's office, right? And they said, if this is an emergency, hang up the phone and dial. Okay, so there is a 911 service for men, and, and that's awesome. Aren't you guys glad for 911, right? Aren't you glad there's somebody you can call when you're in trouble? Okay, but what if I were to tell you today that God has a 911 service of his own? Are you ready for it? I want you to see Put that slide up, Alicia. Psalm 91, verse 1. Come on, somebody. Do you guys see 911 here? God has a 911 for his church. God has a 911 for believers. God has a 911 for Christians. Any Christians in the house here today? 911. That's for us. We're going to focus on God's 911 system for us today. Before I get into this, I want to just I want to just uh, just share this with you. Jewish rabbis will tell you this, that if you feel like you're in trouble, if you feel like you have circumstances around you that would make you feel scared, that Jewish rabbis will tell people to recite Psalm 91 seven times. Now, I'm not saying that we do it seven times, but there's such power in this psalm. There's such power in God's 911 system. And I just believe God wants us to tap into that power here today and equip us today for the things that are coming. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to give in to pandemonium because we are in God's 911. Come on, somebody. All right, so I want to read this to you, too, before we actually get into Psalm 91. I want you to... to hear about the, the miracle of Dunkirk. There was a, a movie out there called Dunkirk. Some of you guys probably saw it, but listen to this. During World War II, British troops were trapped in Dunkirk between the advancing Nazi forces and the English Channel. C.B. Morlock, he was a war correspondent, reported that a group of 400 men were exposed on the Dunkirk beach to enemy attack without cover. If you saw the movie, you know what I'm talking about. There was no cover on this beach, and, and Nazis were just dropping bombs, and they were just shooting their, their machine guns from their airplanes. Not a single man died. Survivors reported that they were shouting Psalm 91 at the top of their lungs. Somebody say 911. God has a 911 system for us today. And so what I want to do is I just want to take our time. I want to go through this and I want to equip you. I want to share some truths about this. We're going to take communion here at the end of our service. And here's what I want you to know. Our kids are learning the exact same thing across the way. Isn't that awesome? They're learning the same things, that they don't have to be afraid. They don't have to, to, to get involved with all the pandemonium and all the chaos. Can we do some things in the natural? Absolutely, yes. Am I opposed to washing your hands often? No. Should you get a mask? If the doctor says so, get a, get a mask. I'm not opposed to any of the natural things that we can do, okay? I think we should do them. How many of you live in a home with a front door? Okay, how many of you lock your door at night? How many of you don't need to pray for you, okay? Okay, so we lock our door. That's just some things we do in the natural, right? And so there's some things we can do in the natural as well. But I want you to know, I just believe today God is going to equip us with some things we could do in the supernatural. Come on, are you guys with me today? I always told you guys we wanted to come here as a church to help equip you for what God wants to do in our lives above and beyond. All right, so let's take a look at this. Let's go to Psalm 91, and we're going to read this together. Is that okay? 
Let's read together, and, and I'll break down some of the, some of the scriptures, and then um, uh, I want to give you three truths out of this psalm to really help equip us to live in this thing every single day. All right? So you ready for Psalm 91? Yes. I notice it says here, verse 1, he who dwells, let's read it together. Come on. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he will, come on, I, I, I got to hear you guys, come on. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. That word pestilence is disease. That word pestilence is sickness. That word pestilence is virus. Come on, somebody. All right, now notice this. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. I love this. I got to divert here for a second. Because the snare of the fowler was a bird trap. And it was one of these traps that it was like a box would be set up with a stick in the box with a, with a string that was handed to it. And, they, and, and there would be bait under the box. And it was a simple little trap. And the bird would be caught by the bait, right? You pull the string and it catches the, 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 the bird. Are you following me? That's what this is. And so what it's saying here is God can deliver us from that trap altogether. But here's the awesome part about this. Are you ready? Are you ready for this part? That if you get stuck in the trap because somehow you got baited in and the string got pulled and you're underneath this box, you can still be delivered. Come on. That's what this says right here. It says here, you shall be, he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. All right, verse 4, let's read together. Come on. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. Come on, I can't hear you. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Stop there for a second. That is all points of the day, morning, noon, and night. You don't have to be afraid. All right, verse 7. I love this. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. I want to personalize verse 7. Say it like this. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand. Now shout this part. But it shall not come near me. Come on, say it again. It shall not come near me. Come on, are you getting this, somebody? Verse 8, only with your eyes, come on, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Look at this. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Come on, verse 13. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. You shall trample where? You shall trample where? I can't hear you. You shall trample where? Verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Come on. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I think you need, come on, everybody, stand to your feet. Stand, stand. we're going to read verse 16 together, and then we're going to give the Lord a shout in this place. Right, ready? Verse 16, notice, let's say it together. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I want you to personalize. Say it like this. With long life will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. Come on, if you believe it, give God a shout in this place, somebody. Come on. Everybody just lift your hands in this room. Just lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we equip ourselves with Psalm 91. 
supernaturally. Lord, let this revelation hit the hearts of every person in this room and that, Lord, we can live head and shoulders above fear, head and shoulders above chaos, head and shoulders above anybody else filled with fear and chaos, and that you would cause Revolution Church to be a light, a supernatural light in this season because we have set our love upon you and you have set your love upon us. We receive these blessings today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. come on, do it one more time. Say, with long life, life. will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. All right, come on. If you believe that, turn to the person next to you. High five them before you're seated. Come on. High five somebody before you're seated. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So listen, I want you to get a hold of this today. I want you to get a hold of this today. Psalm 91 is our 911 message. It is our 911 remedy. All right. So there's three things I want to leave you with here today before we get into communion and we, we partake of all that. All right. So three things I want you to get because at the top of this are, are, are some truths that I think that we've got to get hold of in order to uh, embrace this, in order to understand that this really is for us. Because what will happen is right now you're fired up. Right now you get it. Right now your hope is really surging, okay? But what will happen is you'll leave this place and the enemy will test you. He'll test your hope, okay? You'll read a news report. You'll see something. You'll hear something on the radio. You'll read something on Facebook. And that fear will try to strike your heart. And my hope today is to, is to equip you that when fear tries to strike your heart, that you could tell fear where to go. Come on, somebody. With long life, he said he'd satisfy us and show us his salvation, all right? So this doesn't mean we're just going to walk on a flowery bed of ease. and This doesn't mean we're just going to just kind of float through this thing. But what this means is that we're going to use our faith. We're going to use our relationship with God. We're going to take God at his word and say, even though all this chaos may be happening all around me, I'm in the secret place of the Most High, and it's not going to come near my family. Anybody out there want to do this? Come on. All right, so now notice this. All right, so what is, verse 1, Psalm 91, verse 1, what is the secret place? Notice it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. What is the secret place, okay? I don't know about you. If, if, if there's a secret out there, I want to know what the secret is, right? And so what is the secret? Let's get rid of the secret because it's not a secret anymore. Come on. It's not a secret anymore. But let's find out what this secret is, because I think you'll be enlightened. I think you'll really understand, and your heart will be filled with hope and faith to really, to really lay hold of this thing. So the secret place of the Most High. This goes back to the Old Testament. Because remember, Psalm 91 is written in the Old Testament. And so you have to go back to the Old Testament where the inference was being used for this particular scripture. And you have to go all the way back to the time when Israel was in captivity to the Egyptians and God raised up Moses to be the Israelites' deliverer. Some of you guys know the story, okay? And so here, Moses is on the, the tail end of this thing and, and God has sent him back to Egypt to deliver the Israelites. And he tells the Israelites, he said, hey, tomorrow a plague is going to hit Egypt. A plague is going to hit where we live as well. But you don't have to be afraid. He says, if you guys will go out and slaughter a lamb, I know this is gross, but this is how they did it in the Old Testament. That's the reason why I love what Jesus did for us, and I'm jumping ahead of myself right now. But they had to slaughter a lamb, and they had to take the blood of this lamb, okay, and they had to paint blood on the doorposts of their house, okay? Are you following me? Somebody said gross. Come on. This is not paint. This is not Sherwin-Williams. It's not Home Depot paint. This is blood, all right? Gross. So they're painting the doorposts, all right? So here's the idea. And Moses told them, when the plague comes, the plague will see the blood on the doorposts of your house, and it will pass over. That's where they get the Passover. Are you following me? And so the blood, the plague would see this blood, and it would pass 
over. Now, this is very interesting. I always have to say this when I talk about this because this gets us rid. I want to get rid of any performance-based mentality that you might have in your heart, okay, that you somehow had to add to this. All they had to do was put blood on the doorposts, and that was it. So let's say you take two families. You take, you take a very proper uh, family and then you take a family that's more like your big, fat, Greek wedding family. You know what I'm talking about? Can, did you just get quiet in here? Because some of you are like that big, fat, Greek wedding family, right? Chaos, you know, stuff is flying around. Words are being said, okay? Maybe, maybe some cuss words are released. Maybe some things that are improper are not going on in the house. Are you guys with me? Okay, and so, but you have this house here where the blood is painted on there, but all this chaos is going on inside the house. But then you have this other house over here that's just like, you know something, this blood stuff is a little bit gross, you know, and we're good people, we're moral people, we don't do stupid stuff. I just think... I'm going to pass on this whole blood thing because, you know, after all, you know, I just painted the outside, you know, and it just, you know, it looks so nice. Why would I mess it up with all this blood? I think I'm just going to pass, okay? So the plague came, and the plague didn't see what was going on inside the houses. Are you guys with me? The plague saw what? The blood. And when it saw the blood, it passed over. The plague didn't see their performance. The plague saw the blood. Are you with me? So by faith, they painted the blood on their doorpost. They didn't even know God. They didn't even know the Father. They didn't even know the love that the Father had for them. By faith, they just did it out of obedience. The plague came and passed over. What if, what if this could also apply to us today in the New Testament? What if there's a truth here about the secret place that's not a secret anymore? Come on. I think if you, would, if you could know that, you would want to know that in this place. Because look what Hebrews 9, 12 says this. It says this. With his own blood, speaking of Jesus, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once and for all time and secured our redemption forever. Somebody say forever. What does this mean? This is telling us, okay, you've heard me say this time and time again. Jesus was the last sacrifice. He was the very last sacrifice. His blood was shed. And now we don't paint the blood of Jesus on our physical doorposts. When you receive Christ as Savior, the blood of Jesus is painted on the doorposts of your heart. And when plagues come, when destruction comes, when calamity comes, it has to pass over you now. Oh man, this is some good declaration going on in here today. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. You know what the secret place is? The secret place for you and I is called the throne of grace. The secret place is the throne of grace today. Come on. The throne of grace that you as a believer, as a Christian, you can now go to the Father on your own. You can go to the Father because he loves you, not because of your performance. You can go to the Father because he cares for you, not because you do everything right. Your relationship with God today, according to the throne of grace, is based on his favor, based on his goodness, based on his performance, based on everything that he did, and entirely nothing on anything you do. And how many know that's good stuff right there? We receive this because of everything that Jesus did. There was a performance. See, in the Old Testament, you had to perform to be in the goodness of God. In the New Testament, Jesus did the performance. All we have to do is simply receive. And I know when I, when I start sharing this, a lot, a lot of us go into this, man, that just seems like it's too good to be true. But it is. It's too good to be true. It's so good, it is really true. It is so good, it's really true. So the secret place today for you and I is the throne of grace, where we can go boldly to the throne of grace to obtain favor and mercy and, and, and grace in our time of need. And you know what I think? I think America is in a time of need right now. I think we're in a time of need. 
And I think America needs to know that the throne of grace is the secret place. Come on. And I just believe they get a hold of this. I believe we'll get a hold of this. It'll just be a big game changer. Okay, so that's the secret place. The secret place is the throne of grace that any one of us can go to today. Any one of us. Okay, the, the blood of Jesus has been painted upon the doorposts of our heart. And I want you to get a hold of this, all right? So there should be no fear in this. All right, so I want you to see something else too. Now notice in verse two, it says, and I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. All right, so I want you to underline and, and, and spend uh, uh, and take special focus on the words, my God. This is awesome because what's happening here is this scripture now is being personalized. My God. So I'm going to say, my God. Say it again. Okay, so you already know that the secret place is the throne of grace. Now, is my God, in other words, is he your God? Do you know him personally? Okay, when you say my God, is, do you know him? Does he know you? My God. This is where it comes really personal. Here's where I'm challenging because this is where the rubber hits the road right here. Is God the Father personal to you? Or are we leaning on somebody else's relationship with God? My, my mother's, my grandmother's, my dad's, my pastor's. But what if today the challenge is going out saying, my God wants to be your God that he wants to be a personal God, a personal father to you. Are you guys with me? You know, when you understand this personal relationship that you can have with your father, then what will happen is you'll understand how you can lean on him, how you can go to him. And and the best way for me to describe this is the way a parent looks at or goes to stuff that he has with his little children, you know. And I I remember this one particular time, and I I hope you... I hope this ministers to, you know, we used to love Cedar Point. Um, we still love Cedar Point today, you know. How many like Cedar Point? Come on. All right. All right. You guys are a bunch of boring people in this room, man. I, I think we just have to send you all to Cedar Point, all right? Cedar Point is amazing. America's roller. Okay. All right. So we went to Cedar Point all the time. Did an annual trip, sometimes went a couple of times. And, and you know, my, our favorite part of Cedar Point when the kids were little was Snoopy Land. How many remember Snoopy Land, all right? Oh, we should love Snoopy Land because we could sit in the bench and fall asleep and the kids would just run crazy in Snoopy Land. It's awesome. So we used to go to Cedar Point and get these bands. I don't know if you know this, but this band was a special measurement band that would let you on rides. There, if, you, if there was a question, the attendant could just look at the band and say, oh, you know, you've met the measurement, even though you know, maybe you don't fit this measurement on this ride particularly, okay? And so we used to do this, which is the habit that we always did, especially with Andrea, because she was always a little one. And, and, and she, when she went in to get the measurement, she always wore her four-inch uh, uh, flip-flops, okay? So she hit the, come on. Uh, so she hit the height requirements. It was pretty awesome. And so she got a little band. She's running around. So we're in Snoopy Land, and, and they're in line for Tilt-A-Whirl. I call it Tilt-A-Hurl. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so we're in line there. And so Jeannie and I are sitting on the bench, and they're just going ride to ride. And it was one of these days when there wasn't a lot of people in the park, and it was great. And so they're just going crazy. And so, so we're sitting on the bench, and Drea comes back, and she's just mortified, and she's in tears, and she's just, Daddy. Daddy, they won't let me go on the Tilt-A-Whirl. It's the end of the world because my sisters are on Tilt-A-Whirl and I'm not on it, Daddy. I just can't. She's just like the end of the world, okay? So I'm like, this thing rises up inside of me. I know, I know that she's got the band on her wrist. And so, you know, she enjoyed it. The, the man was so mean to me. Oh, that's all I had to hear. Come on. All right. Game on. So I stand up. I know you got the band, and I know the band says you can ride that ride. Come on. We're going to go take care of some business. All right, so, so we, went to the, we went up to the line. I said, oh, Dre, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to stand right here, and I'm going to watch you. 
and you're going to go up to this man who is being mean to you, and you're going to hold out your wrist, and you're going to let him see the band, and he has to let you on the ride. And if he doesn't let you on the ride, then I will step in and show him who's the boss. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure enough, and she just, she just... Making sure that I'm still there. And she gets up to me. She won't even make eye contact. She just goes. And the guy just lets her on the ride. And he lets her on the ride. And then she looks back at me like, a miracle just happened. Okay, so I'm sharing this with you. And, she, and they rode that thing again. They must have rode the tilt the world probably eight or nine times. Jeannie and I were just sitting on the bench. Go again, girls. Go again. So here's my point in all this, okay? She knew her dad had her back. Her dad walked with her to that situation. Her dad challenged her. Her dad, her dad coached her. Because I believe that's what the father does with us. He, he coaches us. He puts pressure on us in, in a good way. Like, come on, I'm trying to stretch you. I'm trying to grow you. You're going to go do this yourself. But guess what? I'm still here. I'm an eye shot with you. Just show him your band. How does this relate to my God, okay? How does this relate to this part in the psalm? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. you got a band. Your band is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your band is that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when that trouble, when that calamity, when the virus tries to visit you, no, i got the band. Come on, somebody. Are you guys getting this here? But you got to know, is this your God? Is the God that we serve a part-time God? Is the God that we serve a God that we just serve on Sundays? I want you to get a hold of this today because the, the inference here of my God is that Jesus Christ becomes personal to us. Personal. Not through somebody else, not through my spouse, not through another pastor, but that you can have a personal relationship with him. My God. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to do this right here. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then I want to pray with you. I want to believe God with you. I'm not talking about a relationship or a Sunday school story or maybe you, what you think is a relationship with God. I'm telling you, God wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants you to be able to say, my God, in a way that is so personal and so intimate to you and to him that you can know him that way. And that's the good news. You can know him that way in this room. If you're here today and you've never prayed this prayer to receive Christ into your heart, I'd like to lead you. I want to lead this congregation for anybody that's in here or anybody watching online right now. If you've never invited Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior, now is the time to do it. So here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray together as a congregation, okay, to pray with those people who are watching online or anybody that may be in this room who've never received Christ to be your personal Savior, that you can come to the place on your own to say, my God, okay? So let's pray this up. So let's pray it together. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word is true. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. And you were raised from the dead to pay for my sins. I accept you as my personal Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a nice little celebration right here. Okay, you prayed that prayer for the first time. At the end of our service, when, when, our, when our offering buckets pass, let us know that you prayed that prayer and that connection card. Put it in that bucket or go to our new here table and let us know that you did that as well, okay? All right, so last truth I want to leave you with is this, okay? All right, so first of all, the secret place is the throne of grace, all right? My God in whom I will trust, the Bible says, all right? So God has, the Father has to become personal to you because he has your back. Okay, and here's the third thing I want you to see because it's found in verse two again. It says, it says this, uh, uh, Psalm 91, verse two. It says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Now, this is the part 
where faith takes action, okay? Because up to now, you've just heard what the secret place is. You've just heard that God has your back. You've just heard that the Father wants to know you personally. You've just heard all that stuff, okay? So your, your hope is surging right now. Your faith is surging. But if we don't do something with this right now, my concern is you'll leave here today, and, and, and when negative information starts to come in about what's happening in the world with the stock market or what medical reports say, that fear will get a hold of you. So right now, what I want to do is take all this faith that's in this room, that's in your heart, and I want you to put some faith in action to it, okay? And it's really, really simple to do, okay? Because it's found here in verse 2. It says this. It says, it says I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. So here's what I want to equip you with right now, okay? This is faith in action. You have to say something. You can't just think it. You have to say it because here's the deal. You don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with words, okay? And so when thoughts start coming to your mind that, oh my gosh, what the stock market is happening and what's happening with this medical report and what they closed China down and, and they're closing Italy down, oh my gosh, when you're hearing all these things and fear starts rising up in your heart, you say this, I will say of the Lord he is my refuge. I will say a thousand will come at my side, 10,000 my right hand, but it will not come near me. Are you with me? Amen. You have to say something. And my encouragement to you is to say what I'm saying to you right now in the face of all those negative thoughts, in the face of all those negative reports. Just sit right there. If you, you know, you're going to see the reports. You can't turn your, your social media off. I mean, I guess you could, but you know we're not going to, okay? So you're going to see that stuff. And so when you see that stuff, okay, why read the articles? Is reading the articles about this thing closing and that thing happening, is that going to be beneficial to you? Okay, if you want to read them, you certainly can. But if you feel like it's affecting you, then don't read it. So when you see the headline, instead of reading the headline, say, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. A thousand will fall on my side. Ten thousand, right? It's not coming near my house. Come on. Anybody in this place wants to draw a line in the sand and say, it's not coming near my house. You have to say something. When you say something, your faith is released. Here's how you move into a realm that will put you heads and shoulders above everybody else. You know something? I'll never forget this. One time, one time was a small group was happening. And, um, and by the way, we launched our small group ministry last week. What an amazing time we had, okay? It's not too late to get in one. I would encourage you. I mean, we launched our Freedom Series. Oh, my goodness, what, a, what an amazing time. See somebody at the New Here area. If you still want to be part of our small group ministry, don't miss out. It was an amazing. Somebody just said, right, it was good. Come on. All right, so don't, don't, don't miss out on this, okay? Um, but at any rate, um, it was a small group, and, and a child was at the, playing at the top of the steps, and the group was meeting in the basement, and there's a bunch of new people in this house that, that, that uh, they were Christ followers, but I don't necessarily think they were Christians, okay? Don't let me offend you with that, okay? We're not Christ followers. We're Christians. You know why that's important? Because the scripture says, Christ is in me. He's the hope of glory. How can I follow something that's already in me? Come on. You're not a Christ follower. You are a Christian, okay? If you are born again, if you say Jesus lives inside of me, you're a Christian, okay? And the Lord's really dealt with me about this. We are Christians. Now, do we follow Christ's teaching? Yes, but you have to ask yourself, are you a Christian? If you're a Christian, Christ is in you, and you are a child of the Most High God. Any children of the Most High God in this place? So this house was full of Christ followers. We don't know if they were Christians, okay? And when we believe them, someone says they're a Christ follower, that they are a Christian. But let me tell you, about a Christian that was in this place, okay? He saw this kid fall down the entire flight of steps. And he was laying down at the bottom of the steps, blue, okay, like, like dying. And so everybody is standing around saying, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Somebody should call 911. What are we going to do? And this 
person who is filled with the Spirit of God, a Christian, he steps up in the middle of all this and he says, can somebody please just lay hands on this kid and speak life to him? Because the Word of God says believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He steps up in the middle, lays hands on this little kid and life comes back to him. That's what a Christian does. Any Christians in the house here today? I believe that's what God is saying to us today. He's looking for us to step up into this place to where we know the secret place is the throne of grace. That we know God is our God and that when we are confronted with situations like this that we can say of the Lord, he is my refuge, he is my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Does anybody believe that in here today? Come on. Listen, anybody can say, oh my goodness. Anybody can say that. But a person filled with the heart and the favor and the flow of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to say, it will not come near me. Man, I just want to equip you with this as we get ready to do communion. Come on up, Kathy, help me out. Grab your communion elements. We're going to do this right now, okay? I'm going to transition here. Did you guys learn something out of this today? Do you guys feel equipped? You feel equipped to do, to stand in the middle of all of this fear It will not come near us in Jesus' name. All right. Oh, I also want to invite you guys today at the end of our service, um, right after, right immediately following the service, we're going to be doing our steps. Today's our first Sunday where we we do our steps. And if you want to know more about our ministry, oh, thank you. you, I can never get that thing off of it. Did you wash your hands before you touched this thing? I love you, man. All right. Um, so um, I was talking about steps. If you're here today and, and you want to know more about the ministry, I want to personally invite you to our steps class. It starts, it'll start at 1115. We'll be done at noon. Okay. Lunch will be provided. Child care is also provided. And it's a great way just to, for us to get to know you and for you to get to know us and to find out a little bit more about who we are as a church, because this is who we are. And this is what you're going to learn in our steps class at a, at a different level uh, that we, we're, we're believers. We're, we're believers in Jesus Christ. And we just believe God's called us to the city to make a difference and to, and to really uh, be a, a, a city of refuge, a place of refuge, a place of safety, a place of security, a place where we can fold underneath the wings of the eagle, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the eagle does when he, when he protects its young. It puts his wings around him. I feel like that's what God's calling Revolution Church to do is to be a place where ple- people can find refuge. Come on, you guys believe that here with me today? And so I want to invite you guys, if you're new today and you've never been to Steps, please join us back. At Black, it, actually, the Steps room is over here today. We changed it. And so we'd love to have you back there. We'll keep you for about 45 minutes and then we'll get you out of here, okay? All right, so hold the bread in your hand, guys. Uh, the bread. It represents the body of the Lord Jesus. And, um, you know, we do this every week or every month, first of the month. And, and we just believe that this is yet another layer of protection that we can walk in as believers in Jesus. Because, because the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that Jesus, his instruction was, as often as we meet, we should do this in remembrance of of him. This is really awesome. In remembrance of him. Now, I grew up, you heard me say this time and time again, in a church that wanted me to do this in remembrance of all of my shortcomings, in remembrance of all of my sin, in remembrance of all of my failure, okay? And, and you know something, if we start making a list of our failure and our shortcomings, okay, how many of that list can get really long, right? But the Bible specifically says, do this in remembrance of him, So what are we remembering? What are we remembering that he did? Here's what he did. He hung on the cross. He died for us, okay? He he allowed himself to be strapped to a whipping post to to allow his back and his body to be scourged, a second form of capital punishment because the Bible says that by his stripes, we are healed. And so when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, what he was saying is, listen, my body is going to be broken so that your body doesn't have to be broken. My body is going to be broken so that you can receive healing, so that you can receive provision, so that you can tap into God 
God's heavenly health system. Every person in this room has some sort of health insurance, and thank God for health insurance. But I have to tell you something. Wouldn't it be, isn't it awesome to know that you can tap into God's heavenly health insurance, okay? That's what this is about. This is about remembering what Jesus did for you. In fact, I just believe here in a moment that as we partake of this, I believe that if there's an ailment in your body, if there's something that's happening inside of your body, maybe you're struggling with a cold or a flu, or maybe, or maybe there's a pain, maybe it's a heart issue. I just believe that as we do this, I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ and his healing power can flood this place. Do you believe that here today? In fact, I'm gonna invite y'all just to stand to your feet with me. Stand to your feet as we do this. And I want you to do this because we're gonna worship as we do this, all right? Let's believe God together today as we do this. I want you to hold that bread in your hand and just believe God. Believe God with me today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we hold this bread in our hand. We are discerning what the Bible says about this. Lord, we just worship you and we just believe you today. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to understand and receive all that you have for us right now. In Jesus' name. Come on, just worship him with me for a moment, guys. Just worship him. Just worship him. Just worship him. Just worship him. What a moment. What a moment. What a moment. Oh, come on, just worship him. Just worship him. You know, the Bible says that when we get in moments like this, that the Holy Spirit can begin moving and the Holy Spirit can begin talking to us and the Holy Spirit can be doing things in our midst. When you read the book of Acts, you can just see how the Holy Spirit just moved in congregations and amazing things happened. Guys, you have a pastor that believes that, the, that God wants you to continue to do the same things. You have a pastor that believes that the book of Acts was not finished on purpose because we are continuing to write the book of Acts today. And I just believe that as we worship God right now, the Holy Spirit wants to do some amazing things. Come on. So just worship him right now. Just worship him right now. And the Lord is just showing me a congenital heart situation that God is going to heal today. In fact, you may be even feeling a warmth on your chest right now. And God is touching your chest right now. Come on, just worship him. Just worship him. Come on. Oh, we just worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That left knee has been bothering you for so long. God is going to touch that left knee right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, just worship him. Just worship him. Yes, come on. I've come here to serve a supernatural God with you. I've come here to serve a heavenly father who wants to show himself strong and real in this place. Anybody believe that in this room here today? Come on. Lord, we just worship you. We just praise you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God. I come against any kind of sickness in this room, any kind of sickness, any kind of disease, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Any, any virus formation in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your heavenly, heavenly health system. We hold this bread with reverence and we worship you. And Lord, I just thank you that as we partake of this, oh Lord, I know there's nothing magical in the bread. I know that. But I know, Lord God, that when we do what you said to do in your word. We release our faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please you, Lord God. And so by faith, we're doing exactly what you said to do. And we're receiving all the benefits that come with it now. In Jesus' name. Come on. If you believe that, partake together. Come on. Lord, we just worship you. We just worship you. Come on. Just lift up your free hand, guys. Just worship him. Lord, we just worship your holy name. We just bless you. We just bless you. We just bless you, Lord, right now. Oh, God, we just worship you. We just worship you. We take the cup. The cup. What is the cup? The cup represents the blood of Jesus that was shed. His blood that was shed. I want you to hold this cup. And I want you to just Look at me. I want to share this with you before 
Just, just, just hear me. I want to make eye contact with you. I can see the whites of your eyes. It's so cool. Listen. To think you're going to drink something that represents the blood of Jesus sounds gross. I get it. I get it. But we have to remember what the Bible says. The Bible says that when we do this, we're remembering what Jesus did for us. Okay? Now listen. In the Old Testament, when blood was shed, it cried out with a vengeance. That blood was shed. And it, it was as if somebody said, somebody avenge me. Somebody avenge me. And 2,000 years ago, when Jesus' blood was shed, the vengeance was put to rest. His blood doesn't cry out for vengeance. His blood saying, I forgive. I love. I'm for you. I'm with you all the way. Come on, are you with me? His blood was shed. This blood was shed differently. Jesus' blood was shed to bring something into existence that never existed until he hung on the cross and died. And his blood was shed to bring to us this very important point. Because he said in the New Testament that our sin and lawless deeds, he would remember no more. Why is that so important? Because all your sin and all your lawless deeds were constantly remembered in the Old Testament. A list was always being made and you had to go in and make blood ugly sacrifices that was gross to pay for it. It was gross, okay? But today, that list doesn't exist. That list will never exist. That list, past, present, and future, has been fixed forever because of the blood of Jesus. Do you believe it in this place? So when we partake of this, we're reminding ourselves that no matter how bad we failed this week, how bad we missed it, Maybe we put our eyes on something we shouldn't have. Maybe we said some things we shouldn't have. Maybe we acted improper. Maybe we were gross in something that we did. I am telling you right now, the day, today is the day the Lord is saying, your sin, your past failure, your mistakes, I remember no more. What's the point of all of it? The point of all of it is so that you know how good he is, how wonderful he is, how awesome he is, that you on your own will come out of it without anybody pointing a finger at you, including God. He's here today to say, I love you. I appreciate you. I celebrate you. I'm with you. I'm with you, Dave. I'm with you. God is going to put supernatural favor on you. I know you always see things half empty. But God is going to put something in you. A new dimension is coming to you. You're going to begin seeing everything half full because the favor of God is going to start flowing on you and it has nothing to do with anything that you've done or anything you think you deserve. It has everything to do with the fact that the Father loves you with an eternal love. Do you believe that today? Come on, guys. Just begin to worship Him. I'm telling you, this is awesome. This is awesome in this place. sin and lawless deeds he remembers no more father we just thank you we thank you for the cup we thank you I pray lord person by person individual by individual holy spirit that you really bear witness to them today how much you love them and how much you care for them apart from their performance apart from their action you love them you love us we receive this today, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that as we receive that we would draw closer to you. We would draw closer to you. And that you would draw closer to us. And that we would know you more than we've ever known you. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, let's all partake of the cup. Come on. Do me a favor and just begin to worship God in this place, somebody. Come on, just lift your hands. Just worship him. Forget about who's on your left or who's on your right. Lord, we just worship you. We worship you. We are your children. We are children of the Most High. We are children of, I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Though a thousand will fall on my side, 10,000 at my right hand, it will not come near me. With long life, you're going to satisfy us and show us your salvation. Come on. If you believe that today, someone needs to give the Lord a great shout in this room. Come on. Lord, we just worship you and we just praise you. Do you guys believe that here today? Uh, leave here today equipped to do something awesome for God.